great. <coughs> oh my God! Good thing we're doing a show today on uh, viruses, huh, Scott? Yes. Well, yes, indeed. Welcome to the apocalypse, brought to you by my flu. And greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is, of course, the apocalypse nerd and Adam Scott Glancy. Scott, a little, uh, little cloggy there, so that's why we yeah. decided to do a show on. The viral apocalypse. Indeed. It is uh, time to discuss all the ways that those creatures smaller than us that we can't see with our bare eyes have destroyed civilization. Yes. Brought low the works of man. Mm. Absolutely. So, uh, all right, so we got uh, this show this week, and this is uh, actually going to be my last show from this location, as you could... Uh, Seeing the background, I got the move apocalypse <laughs> going on. Yes, you, you, it, your bug out bag is the size of a rental truck. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Uh, so that's uh, been a little crazy, uh, just packing, moving. So it's like, ugh. So it's good thing we're doing it this week because I'm moving next week, and then I should be back up in line for the, the following week for our, our regular show. So, yeah, we'll do we'll do a show on the move apocalypse. But um, funny thing, like I, I was telling Scott folks that uh, some of the places that we were looking at uh, to move, one of them was actually called the Enclave. So I almost potentially moved to a location so I could say, yes, we are broadcasting from the Enclave. Wow. Well, that would have helped made our Fallout fans a lot happier. Yes, but we decided we decided to go with the uh, better, more cost-effective place. So there you go. All right, folks. So like I said we're going to be talking today about uh, viral apocalypses. Uh, just uh, brief uh, in the news this week. I didn't. I don't really get a whole lot for you because I've been again been dealing with uh, the move apocalypse uh, this week. So I don't. Like I said I don't have a whole lot uh, for you. All I know is one thing: is I've been seeing more of. Um, these uh, commercials for the upcoming uh, World War Z, and just this again, just the the tsunami of zombies. I just, I just can't, I can't get past it. I, I can't. So yeah, I, uh, it's, uh, it's as soon as they become cartoons, they just don't give a crap about physics anymore. Or you know, it's yeah, it's not, it's not a pretty sight. I, I, to, for me. Yeah, a bunch of zombies washing into a, a bus and turning it over through the, the, the force of their title action just doesn't look pretty. No, but uh, I was having, actually having a Twitter conversation uh, with a guy who runs the uh, uh, postapoc.net uh, network, and uh, he says it was right along in lines of the Apparently that's somewhat how it was along the lines of the book, and I told him, I can't tell you because I couldn't finish the book. So. Yeah. Anyone who says that that scene of zombies washing through the streets like runaway streams of lava or something. Or, well, you know, he said specifically that scene, but he said that somehow it somehow was along lines. He's like, I just finished reading it the third time. I'm like, well, sir, that's where our opinions will have to differ. We all can't have the same opinions. So. Yeah, he's on crack. Yeah. I, I'm very sorry, but much like the mayor of Toronto or wherever it is <laughs> that they're having a kid, he's on crack. So there's that. Uh, I remembered about a movie. I, I'd, it came out like uh, two years ago. I'd forgotten the name of it, and I finally was able to pull it up again. So I wanted to share this one because I've been trying to think about it. It's called Bellflower. Heard of this? Nope. 
Nope, that is all new to me. Bellflower. It's it's like it comes from it's like from uh, a European film. It's these guys. They're basically obsessed with Mad Max, so they make uh, cars that are uh, like Mad Max cars of flamethrowers and weapons and shit like that. Uh, like the tagline from IMDb says. Because uh, there's a love story in it, too. It's kind of weird. It says, Bellflower follows two friends on their venture out in the world to begin their adult lives. Literally, all their free time is spent building flamethrowers and weapons of mass destruction in hopes, of their, hopes that a global apocalypse will occur, occur and clear the runaway for their imaginary gang, Mother Medusa. It, it just seems very weird, but uh, but interesting, because these guys are building, you know, you know, car war shit. Could be worth a check out. It's it is. I believe it is on uh, on Netflix. So I got I got to check that out uh, once I move. But something I've always wanted to look at. And uh, speaking of car wars, I uh, saw. Did you freeze up on me, Scott? Yeah, you did. All right. Well, while we're waiting for Scott to come back, uh, another thing I forgot to mention last week when we were talking about uh, games was. There's a independent, uh, as I'm pulling this out here, game, and I'm going to plug it for the guy, called um, Outrider. It's basically it's it's a it was a print-on-demand card game, and uh, now they've uh, done it as a now uh, uh, a print-and-play. Now they've done it as a print-on-demand. It's a company that I'm using to do uh, these uh, decks of cards. So and it plays out where you have uh, the cards and you have the cards. And da- these dashboards, it's very, you know, kind of Car Wars-like. And it seemed very interesting. I've, you know, I'd like to support the independent uh, uh, game manuf- manufacturers. So um, it was wor- worth checking out. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. But it seems very interesting. And it's on scale to where you can actually use miniatures for it. And he designed it specifically so the miniatures c- could be matchbox-sized cards, which is pretty innovative. So if you wanted to use uh, miniatures for that. So, uh, again, Scott's missing all this, so I'll have to tell him about that later. So that was that was really it I had for the end of the news. Nothing too uh, earth-shattering, nothing uh, too dramatic uh, going on here. So, like I said, some of the things we're going to talk about this week are, you know, viral ap- uh, apocalypses, you know, bl- bugs, flus, uh, things that cause, you know, global breakdown, you know, kind of like uh, movies like 28 Days Later, <laughs> uh, Quarantine. Uh, there's a movie, Plague, 1979, that uh, we'll talk about. And there's books that are related about it too. There's one I'm actually reading called uh, The Earth Abides, an older book that, that came out. So now, uh, let's see here. And there are some games. I've actually seen some uh, games. I have a, an actual game. Uh, that has some viral apocalypse, and we could add, you could add that kind of stuff into any, anything you want. So, and now we got Mr. Glancy coming back here. So, all right, uh, Mr. Glancy, I was just giving him kind of a recap of what we're going to be talking about, some of the movies, books, and things like that. So, um, and I was mentioning, uh, let me mention this one first because this will be a quick one: a, vi- uh, a viral apocalypse style game. I don't know if you remember seeing this in game stores back in the '80s. Uh, by TriTac Games. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yes. Um, uh, I, I could grab a copy of it in just a second. Oh, I got it. I got. I got. Well, I have my. I have my digital version, which I bought from a couple years ago. Rogue Four Seventeen. Yep. It's a game. It's a game that can be used in conjunction with uh, TriTac's Bureau Thirteen Fringeworthy or. The Morrow Project game, which is what interested me, because it could be uh, uh, integrated with the Morrow Project, 
because basically it takes place in the year 2010. Uh, as uh, let me just the read the future. Notes. The future. I know the future. It's uh, well back in like 1980. I guess that was the future. Uh, so I guess I give him a credit for extending it out a little bit. Uh, just let me read the back because it's kind of amusing. Uh, as the flask of Rogue 417 smashed to the lab floor, the technician quickly flooded the area with a bucket of antiseptic and called for help. But this was the Middle East. Aha! <laughs> See, brown, brown people are just dumb. Apparently. Clearly, clearly oh. that's how we destroy it. And we even have a picture of a guy wearing a burnoose. Yeah, let's see the brown dropping, guy here. Dropping the vial. Whoopsie-daisy. That is some racist shit. It is. So, <laughs> uh, but it was the Middle East, a savage war zone with special equipment, trained personnel, and an and ultimate... Um, Let's see here. Uh, ultimate, ultimate uh, modern containment technology are lacking when you know it just goes on and on about how yeah the Middle East sucks. That's basically what they say, and they brought upon the post-apocalypse to the world. So Yay. there you go. So yeah, so it's, it's it's basically just a campaign setting that can be used in any one of these games that is a viral apocalypse. That's really the only that's the only real role-playing game that I know of that has like a. A setting for a viral apocalypse. I don't and, know. And you... I want to point out that um, the uh, the viral the viral apocalypse is pretty good. It's a it's a disease that that scrambles people's heads, you know. So it it everyone uh, you know goes crazy from having it. Uh, goes crazy slash retarded because it affects all these higher brain functions. So it creates a zombie like problem. But they're not zombies. Exactly. So, on that note, let's let's talk about the first well, thing here. That one other thing. One other thing I want to say about Rogue Four Seventeen. The introductory scenario. There's an introductory scenario in it where you are National Guardsmen who are supposed to be guarding a supply uh, uh, a supply depot or something uh, for that's that's you know uh, trying to uh, uh, help uh, a city that's you know falling apart and. You're all in your biological warfare gear, and things are stretched to the limit. I mean, everyone's out there in their gear with their M16 rifle, and I want to say everyone has, like, two magazines of bullets, you know? Like, you got 40 rounds, two 20-round magazines, and you're, you and your team are supposed to guard this building. And during the course of the, of the, of the scenario, more there's rumors spreads that there's the cure inside, but there's not enough to go around, and sick people attack the building, and it's... It's a really, really, really well-written, small scenario um, that would make a great con game. Something you can do in four hours, and um, it was one of I, I'm actually it's one of the best things I've ever read as far as a, a role-playing game scenario goes. It was really well set up, uh, very small scale, um, <clears throat> and uh, it really has a kind of uh, get by the you know by the skinnier teeth survival horror thing going on and it really works. Cool, yeah. Again, I always liked this. Oh, again, I always remember. I just always remember as a kid, as a kid at my local comic book store, uh, game store, seeing it on the shelves, thinking, "Oh, it's post-apocalyptic." Because again, I was total. I mean, as much as I'm obsessed with it now, you know, I was really. Oh yeah, I've mellowed out. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm doing. That's why we're doing a podcast about the apocalypse. I've completely. I was like at a ten. I'm now like at like a two now, right? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you it, it, look. It's one day at a time, Jared. Okay, just you have to you have to get through this one day at a time. Thank you, the, um, Alan. The podcast helps. <laughs> yeah, it helps. The, the, the podcast helps. It's therapy. 
So, speaking of viral, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> viral apocalypses and zombies, let's talk about a sensitive subject, I think. Uh, let's talk about one of a, a very good viral film, or series yeah. of films, 28 Days and then 28 uh, Months Later. Now, weeks. what's... Weeks, weeks, I'm, I'm sorry. That's 28 I Months Later's next. They keep, they keep scaring us that there's going to be a third movie, and it's going to be 28 Months Later. So... Not zombies. Not Let's zombies. Just, Thank you. Just, just go with 28 days and 28 weeks, not zombies. Yes, I've had many a conversation with people who fight me on this. Not zombies. Okay. Are they, are, are they dead? Are they are dead? dead? Are they dead? Dead. Simp simple criteria. Okay, so the enemy after the event, the <laughs> creatures, um, were they, did they die and... Have they come back to life as an animated, uh, you know, uh, automaton or something like that? No? Okay, then they're not zombies, okay? Because the rage virus in the 28 Days movies, uh, again, is a rage virus. It fucks with their brain, makes them crazy, makes them violent. But they're, not, but they're not dead. It's like, yeah, it's, it's bad, it's bad, bad rabies. So they are not dead because they starve to death. You know, obviously, because they're not getting they, any they food. They can get shot. They can get shot dead and fall over dead. Yeah, you, you can know. shoot them. Shoot them in the gut. They'll fall down. So now that we've established they're not zombies, and if anybody cares to argue that point, feel free to, because we don't care. They're not zombies. They're so, not zombies. so, but anyway, so it's a good. It, it, I mean, I think it's a good. It's a good series of films. Um, I like the first one. The uh, the only problem I had with with it was the middle when they had the happy road trip. I wasn't that big on the happy road trip part. Well, it, slow, it slows things down a little bit. W way too much. Because it started off... Well, it started off kind of slow, but it was tense, though. The whole thing with the... Like, again, everybody remember, spoilers! Yes, so, please. Um, <laughs> we're, giving away the, we're giving away everything. If you're listening to this and you're upset because you've heard something that ruined the movie for you, you're, you're, you're helpless. You're worthless. Yeah. Come on. So, if you haven't seen it yet. so But, again, it starts off slow. But, again, the concept. Now, here's something I've heard. I, I, I can't remember. Uh, oh, yeah, I do remember. Okay. I remember with the beginning of the movie, the guy gets the bike accident. He's in the coma. And I remember hearing people later saying that, oh, uh, The Walking Dead copied it from 28 Days Later. It's like, no, 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 no. Twenty. The Walking Dead comic book was out prior to that with him. With the character, with the main character, with Rick in the coma, was out before that movie came out. So ah, so take that, Danny Boyle. Exactly. So if anything, he cribbed that, or you know, it could have been one of those spontaneous, you know, good ideas, which is possible. That, that's that's why we haven't. That's why you haven't gone and killed Max Brooks yet, because you know you're giving him the benefit of the doubt that he hasn't bugged your apartment. No, for the, well, last, well, that, for the last fifteen years. Well, that and uh, Nancy can't afford the uh, the bail, the and bail. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> right, murder him. But um, it, so is, get... it is it's murder. It's not just murder. It's murder. <laughs> <laughs> so again, good series of movies, a lot of tension. Uh, but again, you know these viral apocalypses uh, in general are you know they start off you know pretty small. It, it's all about again depend. I've seen different movies where they start small, get bigger. Because the viral apocalypse is number one. It's something you can't see. You can't see it. Where is it? You know, if it's nuclear, okay, boom. 
There's the bombs. Here's the destruction. It does have, it's like a zombie apocalypse in that the problem is in all of us. Yes. You know, or it could yes. be hiding in all of us at any moment. Well, there are similarities, you know, but again, they're not not zombie, but there's similarities with it because again, you know, viral. Because uh, again, the rage is well. Let's well, let's talk. Well, let's maybe back up a little bit here. Talk about maybe the viral uh, apocalypse a little bit more instead of diving specifically into movies. Okay. Now, you know, the vi now the virus or the bacteria, whatever the case may be, it could be man-made. Generally, it is man-made. It's some kind of man-made fuck up like we're making some kind of super weapon or uh, there's been where they've cr trying to create something that was beneficial to mankind but apparently it had too many bad side effects and caused you know major deaths but generally yeah. it's it's something man made whether it was you know for good or for bad yeah so i mean for good would be you know the original omega omega man Correct. Uh, Omega Man is you know, biological warfare during World War III, and we're sitting on the sidelines watching the Reds go at each other. What could go wrong, right? Oops! The the Ruskies let loose the bug to deal with all those Chinese warm bodies they couldn't handle. <laughs> and now we've caught it, too. Um, so uh, the original Omega Man with Chuck Heston is a viral apocalypse. <clears throat> I was going to say that, um, uh, you know, uh, the crazies... Great yes. viral apocalypse. Two of them. Both yes. movies are pretty good, but I, I have a more of a warm spot in my heart for the original crazies. I which um, which I know we've talked about that. I, I tend to, I think the remake was pretty good. I I, I kind of like I, I like the I like the very that good. one as well. I, I think it was very well done. Now the things like the crazies, as we've talked about before, not every not every apocalypse is global. Okay, sometimes yeah. like we call them micro apocalypses. You know, it affects a certain area, like a city, a state, you know, a county. So like the crazies affects. It's more of a micro because. But now, mind you, micros can eventually yeah. spread to be you know major the apocalypses. Whole, the whole the whole horror of the crazies is not so much the disease, which is very much like the rage virus in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, in that it makes people crazy and angry and violent and attack their neighbors and spread the problem. Uh, but uh, you know, you're on day. You're you're kind of, both movies start off day one as it's getting out of control, and there's the very strong implication in each film that uh, you know it's jump the fire break. You know, yeah. you can't keep it in contained. It's just, it's uh, life always finds a way to get out through the cracks and spread to the next place. And 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 that and that seems to be a general theme in a lot of these movies. Saying it's like whether it's you know, a mankind weapon, and we oh. Like in the like uh, like especially well I think in the the original it was done intentionally right to kind of in the, in the, in test the, it no the original one it's a plane crash the plane has the virus on board and it crashes and what was sort of interesting in that one to me was <laughs> the idea that um, there's already the military in place uh, in the first crazies because they're cleaning up the mess even the guys cleaning up the mess don't know what it is. They have not been told what they're cleaning up. They're told that it was uh, essentially a plain load of army vaccinations, which, as you know, contains some small percentage of the virus. No one ever told the guys on the ground that what they're really dealing with is Trixie, which yep. is the code name for the, for the bug. It's Trixie. Uh, so when it goes into the shitter, uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it doesn't happen overnight. It's like they're cleaning up, they're cleaning up, they're cleaning up, and then oh shit! It's in. Not only is it in the water supply, but it's been in the water supply of the small town enough to 
to metastasize, to gestate, to to finally incubate, and now everybody in town's coming down with it. Yeah, well, that and they did. They they they, they follow, I think they again in the in the remake they followed along those lines fairly well, except it wasn't a it wasn't necessarily a cleanup of the plane. Uh, from what I remember, was the they were trying to transport the you know the super bug weapon to a place to be destroyed, and the plane went down. Yeah, but yeah. they kind of were trying to cover it up. They're like, well, it went down. Let's see what happens. So yeah. it, it had more of the anti you know mil military industrial complex uh, kind of thing well, going on. Certainly, you know, certainly both of them have that have that aspect. Where in the Romero thing, yes, the professionals are trying to deal with it. But at the same time, they're trying to stop the bug. They're also trying to avoid blame, and yeah. their attempts to avoid blame only undermine their attempts to solve the problem. Yeah, like in the second, you know, in the second one, same thing. They're like they're just sitting back and watching, and then it's going on for a week, and then they're like, okay, this is when they started to see the first occurrences. They're like, okay, we're going to shut down this town to contain it. You know, uh, but again, like we say, if it, it fails, it's always. I think again, the theme is to these movies to show is like, you know, no matter what good intentions we have, we want to try to clean it up. We're trying to do the right thing. You know what? We fuck with nature, and nature's gonna fuck us. Seems to be kind of an <laughs> underlying thing all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that um, uh, that we cannot control things that are alive. It's hard enough controlling inanimate bombs that we have. The our fingers and the trigger, you know, when it's a live organism, when the when the apocalypse is a living, breathing thing, yeah, it's a bug. It might yeah. it might not think, but you know what? It multiplies, it mutates, it you know changes, and that's always the big problem. The things these things right. mutate in the natural course, the natural course of evolution, in these life cycles of these bugs, viruses, bacterias, you know, they accelerate and change at a much more rapid pace than say humans. So you get generation upon generation of this virus, and all of a sudden, hey, that's not the thing we were working on. Well, guess what? It's mutated ten times since yeah. then. Because the life cycle for a virus is so short. Yeah, you know their generations are piled on incredibly fast. Um, I would also point out that viral apocalypses. Um, uh, although I'm trying to think of one where the only accidental viral apocalypse I can think of, although I it is uh, the Andromeda strain. Although even that, there's an implication that the that the Project Scoop that brought back the the meteorite with the organism on it was deliberately looking for things they could weaponize. Yes, and, and they. So once again, bad intentions result in, you know, bad results. But I was going to say that <clears throat> viral apocalypses have a tendency to be, well, cheaper in some ways. Because oh, yeah, you, don't, you don't have to make, you don't, as a filmmaker, you know, you don't have to make rubble. <laughs> you can just have buildings and, you know, you can just have all the, the trappings of civilization. Empty streets. <clears throat> Empty streets and bodies. Yeah, that's, uh, all, that's all you really need. The Omega Man was filmed in Los Angeles at what six a.m. on a Sunday, for like, you know, months at a time. They just went out and shot for like half an hour in downtown L.A. You know, at the very earliest parts of the day on Sundays, and then yeah. they just go back to the studio and film all the interiors. So, now speaking of the Andromeda Strain, another film from the '70s. I just rewatched last night. Now I've told you about this film. All right, it's not a fantastic film. Uh, you have to really be a fan of that 70s kind of campy, uh, cheesy films, cheap, low budget. It was a film called Plague that, as it was released internationally, mm -hmm. which, which uh, was called in America, uh, when it was released here, was called, I'm looking this up here right now, it was called 
M3, as in, you know, Mike 3, the Gemini strain. I never heard of this, but I know. I mean, I know you've mentioned, but I've never seen it on a shelf. Yeah, it's well because it's it's hard to find. It was never. I don't think it was ever released. It was released on DVD like five years, six years ago, only in the UK. Now, this was something I saw like on TV in the early '80s as a kid, and it always. Now, I was trying to find this freaking film for years because it was filmed in Canada. It was a Canadian film. It was a Canadian American combination. <laughs> uh, just to read, just just to read the the summary real quick was, an ambitious lab assistant carries out a forbidden experiment and accidentally creates a deadly bacteria which kills her and rapidly engulfs the city. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Thank that's, you. That's a uh, great. <laughs> so basically, they're creating this uh, bacteria to help to make plants grow faster to, to, to defeat world hunger and they you know, have it this laboratory which they say is this oh it's this super class level this and that if this looks like the freaking my high school fucking science lab okay when <laughs> the way it was filmed uh, mm -hmm. so and the thing is it winds up escaping of course of course the you know she gets infected the the, the rats die and it escapes and again this is another one of these anti uh, military industrial complex things and it's trying to show the futility, you know, of man, because there's like genetic engineering. It was like the genetic engineering was a big hot topic, in like in those seventies, you know, how we're trying to, you know, create, you know, humans and mankind, you know, alter mankind. So people didn't like the whole uh, genetic engineering thing back then. So they're trying to make a message with this, you know. It was like the, the only the only reason the bug got the virus got out was because of the ineptitude of the people who built the lab. It was supposed to be like a reverse or like a zero uh, barrier. A lab where like air only comes in, not out. But of course, they built it just so the air was flowing out. So it infected a bird. The bird went. The bird went into a schoolyard. A kid buried the bird. The kid died, and then everybody died. And then it's, it's game on. It was game on. And it's and it's kind of like how uh, outbreak does. Like it's it's kind of showing the progression of how this woman escapes from the quarantine in the hospital, and she was bloody. And everywhere she went, she started infecting people a little just by touching them because it was by contact. You know, she went to get a sandwich, you know, and she paid with his money, which had blood on it, which got the guy who made the sandwiches, made the sandwiches. He died. They sold this. It just keeps on showing. And then eventually somebody in the lab went overseas. And it, it shows the progression, the evolution, how it gets everywhere. Now, um, the way it, the virus worked, it was like something, uh, I believe it was a created basically kind of like uh, fired, like all the electrons in your body fired at once, kind of like an epileptic fit and overwhelmed you with pain and killed you. It was, you know, it was kind of like, kind of eh. You know, but again, it was interesting. It was something I tracked down. I got like, uh, like on eBay or Amazon, somebody actually had the UK version of it, and I was able to get it for like, with shipping, I think like $4. And I was like, you know what? If I was able to rent this, that's how much it would cost me to rent it. I just might as well buy it and add it to the collection. So, but again, uh, but again, so it was it was during that '70s, you know, when the Andromeda strain came out. So let me let me throw out our earliest bug apocalypse that I'm aware of, because uh, we ran across as Jared and I. Were, Jared was up here in Seattle. We went to the uh, Science Fiction Museum uh, at the uh, Seattle Center, and uh, in the section on apocalypses was an original edition of Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein, her 1826 novel, The Last Man, which is a viral apocalypse, a plague that returns to the earth, much like the Black Death, 
and culls humanity down to, you know, one person out of thousands is surviving. And, and um, remember, when did she write this? In the 18... 1818, she wrote it. It's published in 1826. And uh, it is, of all of her books, it is absolutely the one that got the worst reviews. I was just cracking open the Wikipedia article where uh, reviewers described the book as sickening and criticized its stupid cruelties and <laughs> called the author's imagination diseased. <laughs> You know, that she would write something so bleak and horrible, and to which I just want to shake her hand. Fuck, yeah. fuck you, 19th century romanticism. You can all turn into worm food, just like the Middle Ages. All, the, all it takes is the right zippy the, zippy the virus, and you guys are done. And so I, I thought I wanted to throw that out because it is, uh, it's old. I mean, it it is. It, 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 1826 was published, so... Yeah. Um, I have it on my bookshelf. I haven't read it yet. And I also have it uh, on Kindle because actually, I think it's uh, I think it's free. You can get it off of uh, the Amazon uh, Kindle store for free, I believe. So, Good. so if it's on the Kindle store, I'm sure you can get it. It's one because it falls in one of those public domain things. So, Project yeah. Gutenberg or somebody like that's probably got it. So, if anybody wants to track that down and didn't get uh, that, it's, another, kind of, it's kind of a thick book, though. I think it's like it's it's like there's that. four there's like four volumes to the story, yeah. which is pretty huge. And the main character. For, oh, again, for that again for that time to write such a large volume of story on that topic that was very out there for the time. Yeah, and he 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 crisscrosses Europe, uh, you know, uh, over the course of the story. So you're you're seeing the apocalypse in Ireland, Scotland, Constantinople, in Greece, you know, all over the Mediterranean. Uh, the, the the viral apocalypse affects America. You know, um, uh, it, it's it's absolutely a. She's writing a global pandemic story, absolutely. Well, and, that, and that's the thing with the with this viral apocalypse thing because it's like you don't know some like again if it was a nuclear apocalypse, somebody's got radiation sickness, you could tell viral until it gestates and manifests itself. You don't know. People could be carriers. It's it it definitely generates a sense of paranoia because it's like you don't want to be near people because you know what maybe they might have it. You know you don't know. Speaking of carriers, we should name drop carriers. Yes. Uh, carriers was a uh, film uh, came out in what uh, two thousand and seven or something. Uh, yes, I believe yeah. seven, seven or eight. I think it was seven. Yeah. Uh, starring uh, that kid who's the um, uh, the current uh, James T. Kirk. Uh, that's the guy I always remember. Who's in it? Uh, carriers. Oh, sorry, two thousand and nine with that Chris Pine kid. Is that his name? Uh, uh, is that, let me see. I'm looking up right now. I, I'm looking at yep, Chris, Chris Pine, 2009. Correct. Yeah. Very, very low budget film. Very low budget. Um, but, but I thought it was very good. It yeah, was very spent their money really well on this on this film. Um, and and the reason it got released, it was filmed actually. I think 2007. It might. It was released filmed <laughs> actually a couple years prior, but it didn't get released. But then once Star Trek came out with yeah. Chris Pine. They're like, hey, look, Chris Pine's in a movie, and they released it, which is good that it got released. I think it was a pretty smart film. It starts off, the apocalypse, it, it has already happened, and it is well into it, you know? Yeah. There's not a lot of people left. You know, they, they survive on the road with their rules, you know? Uh, they have, like, a set of rules, like, don't talk to it, don't touch people, don't interact. You know, all these rules they, they set up that they follow, and then when they, of course, when they break the rules... People die. People die. 
Yeah. Because that's, uh, that's the thing with the viral apocalypse. You, you want you, people isolate themselves because you don't know who's a carrier. Do they still have it? Um, and then on top of that, again, you get like you get in every apocalypse scenario, the survivors. You get the animals. You get the people who are gonna prey on survive uh, on other survivors, kill them, rape them, steal their shit. Uh, so you have even more death tolls. And then of course you have even more death tolls besides besides the super bug, the super flu, the captain trips that killed everybody. Now that there's no sanitation, there's no health care, there's no emergency services, people start dying of uh, plague and typhoid and, so and all that shit you know, Steve, starts to kill people off. Stephen King has a section, speaking of bug apocalypses, there's a section in the expanded The Stand. Uh, and again, you mentioned Captain Trips, which is the name of the superflu in The Stand. <laughs> There's a section that I, I think it was, I sort of remember being titled, uh, you know, Emergency Room Stories, which is this giant list of deaths, uh, of one of these vignettes of people dying because they couldn't get to an emergency room. They couldn't get the kind of medical treatment or help that they could get by calling 911. My favorite being somebody who has a giant. So there's, a, there's a vignette describing a woman who accidentally locks herself in a storeroom while collecting supplies and can't get out and dies of dehydration after three days of going crazy and delirious, you know, from lack of water. And she has everything all together. I survived, and I'm going to be great. And she accidentally locks herself in a storeroom. And I'm like, great. That's well, that's what's going to happen. Well, there's something as simple as, okay, you're scavenging, and, oh, I just cut myself on a rusty nail. That could freaking kill you. Something as simple as that. Yeah. So, and certainly, um, the original BBC Survivors, which we talked about quite a bit earlier, um, that Covers. was, yeah, that's another that great, guys. great bug apocalypse. And boy, you know, you thought your problem, your problems haven't even started until all the things you count on in civilization go away. Sure, there's not piles of radiation around, but Heaven forbid you get a toothache, you know, and have to pull a Tom Hanks where you're going to knock the tooth oh. out with a rock and an ice skate. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, things like that make me think about, you know what, maybe I should have all my teeth pulled and get dentures to prepare for the apocalypse. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, you think that's a good idea? Does that sound, does that sound well, rational? <laughs> I was actually relieved when my appendix came out. When I came down with appendicitis and they pulled it out, I'm like, well, at least it's not going to happen on the side of the road yeah. during the viral, during the apocalypse where my friends are asking me to hear bite down on this belt. And <laughs> I'm sure we'll get it on the first try. It'll no oh, yeah. doubt. That was a, now, now at least you don't have to worry about that killing you. That's one yeah. less. That's one thing you can, you can take off the list. Which, but, which I remember from the at least from the TV miniseries of the stand. There's that bit where they're trying to get an appendix out of somebody, and they're like, "Okay, I got it. I can't believe it. I got it. It's out. Okay, let's sew it. Start sewing." And they're like, two ladies gone." Oh. You know, the, the, the surgery was well, that's, a success. That's, that's the thing you have to worry about. And then again, we have to worry about like it's back to survivors. Uh, Terra Nation 1975 was after a while like they go into the big cities and those are just cesspools <laughs> of disease so one of their friends go one of the, the crew goes to uh, the city and it wasn't even it wasn't a big city like London it was just a city and he got bubonic plague because that guess what that reared its head again 
because it's still out there. It's still it's still there. It just you know, yeah. we have we have uh, vaccinations for it. But now we have uncontrolled rat populations and uncontrolled yep. tick or, or, or flea populations. And so, yeah, it's making a comeback. Yeah. So the guy got it, comes back, and he dies from it. So then they start this whole quarantine process of new people coming because you got to worry about every little thing. So it's not just, again, apocalypse. That's a viral apocalypse. You have to worry about other real viruses because it's not just the man-made one that killed everybody. It's nature's viruses, bubonic plague and typhoid. And, and rabies. Which rabies. They did, lot, they did a lot of that on Terry Nation's uh, uh, the survivors. Um, then, of course, <laughs> then of course, there's the things man left behind. Um, you know, the stand had this whole bit about going and getting, uh, you know, a uh, a bomb, uh, getting a nuclear bomb from the Nellis test range for the uh, for Randolph Flag, the Dark Man. And speaking of virus uh, apocalypses, um, uh, Jeremiah made for Showtime. Yep. Uh, that was uh, uh, what's his name? Who did Babylon Five? Uh, Jerry. Uh, Straczynski, uh, J. Michael, yeah. J. Michael Straczynski. This was a cool apocalypse. Yes. It's a bug. It's a bug, but it only kills people who've gone through puberty. Yeah, there's a few people who are immune. At some point, they find a little colony of old men, which I thought was awesome, because there's going to be some immunity. But uh, the bug gets out, and it kills everybody who's gone through puberty. Uh, so instead of just wiping out society, it wiped out all of society's knowledge. All yeah, the all the all the all the all the adults, correct? So, yeah, yeah that was that, that was a number of years ago, like the mid two thousands uh, for Showtime. They had two two seasons of it. It was yeah, it was uh, Luke Perry. Uh, was it Luke Perry? Yeah. Luke and he Perry. was one. And he was one of the producers. So it was. Yeah. It was I mean, he was uh, behind the project. Yeah, it's it's not a bad. It was a pretty good show. Again, so you have people who are like twelve years old surviving the apocalypse and then they're you know, it's like is it like ten years later, I believe? I think it was fifteen. Fifteen. Everyone's, everyone's supposed to be just under thirty. Yeah, uh, so they grew up, I mean, so the older kids remember like it was before and maybe they know a little bit. But then you have the, the young kids you're five years old, they don't know shit. You know, yeah. so you have that problem them growing up and then like you said, you find the the society and then of course you have you know the society of older men, but then you have the whole thing. Well Scott's favorite thing, okay, just to give you guys some information, there is a contingent of people who are trying to keep continuity of government going on during all this. They have this secret bunker thing, and they're reaching out, and they come out in biosuits because they're all adults. Because the virus, even though nobody's dying from it anymore, because they, I guess that child, you know, if you got through it, you built the immunity to it, I believe. Because they're all adults now, but if you didn't go through it as a child, it puberty, you, you would die. And they find these people who are spying on them, trying to find out what's going on around them. And when they're when they're when they find the guy, they kill the guy. They're going through his equipment, and they're most fascinated by Scott. Oh yeah, that was one of my favorite bits. With their, uh, they they find this. They find one of these guys from the secret government bunker, from the the secret govern the continuity of government. And there's this moment where they realize that the bad guys have clean, fresh underwear. And they're, extra clean, yeah, fresh underwear. Yeah, yeah, that they have, that the bad guys, they haven't, they haven't seen underwear. They've worn out all the underwear in this new world. Yes, people can make pants, but cotton undies is a whole different story. People are walking around just yeah. commando style, but not the bad guys. The no. bad guys have got their shit so together. They've got so many resources, they can actually spend them on 
Clean underwear. Clean underwear. They, they weren't intrigued by the firepower, the technology. Oh, my God, they have underwear, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah. That was a great moment of shorthand for how fucked are we? Well, they have helicopters. They have silencers. They have flamethrowers. They have, you know, a secret base. They're taking over all the missile silos in the country. That's all bad. But the sort of the, the last straw is, oh, fuck, they have clean underwear. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, so that was fantastic. So that's another bug virus uh, type thing. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah was very good. Uh, we said survivors again. Uh, Se second season is not as good, but the, it's got some weaknesses, but it's worth a look if you like yourself some apocalypse. Yeah, I believe it's a, it might be on is it on Netflix. Is at least the first season on Netflix. I think it's something that's available somewhere. I don't, I don't remember where, though. It might be. But it's uh, that's a good that's a good TV show. I forgot about that one. Uh, but again, you know that's a good one. You know, Carrie. Like I said we talked about Carriers before, which again I, I think it's a great movie. The crazies. And, we hit uh, the crazies. crazies. We didn't hit Virus, which is from 1980. Uh, Virus was also was a film made as a Japanese American production. Yeah, you were telling me about that. I I I'd never seen that. In it was made in 1980. The only Japanese name I recognize from the uh, from the uh, film is Sonny Chiba, who was in a whole lot of Japanese sort of you know karate assassin films in the seventies. He was a sort of classic Japanese tough guy. Um, but um, uh, the basic idea is it's you know a plane with the bug on board goes down, crashes, and then it gets out and uh, it starts eating the whole world. Uh, and um, as things wind down, the only survivors are the isolated uh, scientific stations in Antarctica. And I can't remember if the... It's not that the bug can't survive down in the cold. It's just that... It can't get down there easily. It hasn't gotten down there easily, yes. And so um, uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, the, the things that will kill you after the viral apocalypse. You know, well, there's the problem of all the emergency room problems. Well, Virus's sort of main plot point is uh, <clears throat> that, um, let's see, Henry Silva, well-known uh, 70s maniac, uh, turns up as General Garland, and he, um, he uh, when Glenn Ford has dropped dead, Glenn Ford, the President of the United States, and Robert Vaughn, his, his close senatorial advisor, have dropped dead in the Oval Office. Uh, Runny-nosed, sick, um, Henry Silva comes into the Oval Office, and activates the fail-safe system, or whatever it's called, which is this. You, he, you know, it's an so it's like a, launch protocol. Oh, so it's like a, so it's like a, it's like a, well, like a dead hand kind of thing. Yeah, it's like the dead hand uh, system for the Soviets, and the Russians have a system like this too. Um, and so he activates that system, and then now the computers are running, waiting for whatever criteria are going to come up to tell the missiles to fire. And that can include things like an earthquake. And so part of the story of virus is the Japanese and the Americans launched this mission to get back to uh, the United States, uh, get to Washington, which they, you can get to from the coast, not too terribly. It's not like getting to Moscow. But if they can get to um, you know, Washington and get inside the Pentagon, they can penetrate inside and turn off the system before it nukes them, even though they managed to survive the viral apocalypse. Because they're just waiting for the virus to die out so they can sort of reoccupy the earth. But, gee, you know, if there's a nuclear war, that's going to suck dick. Yeah, it's like, okay, you survived all this, but guess what? Yeah, here comes the fallout. Yay! Here comes the fallout. So, 
Well, uh, just let's just uh, hit uh, a couple more movies real briefly, then we'll start uh, wrapping up here. Was because uh, we were talking about again as we're getting more to contemporary things. Well, I guess whenever it was the the, the fantastic film with uh, Dustin Hoffman about oh. Carl. Yawn. Uh, out. Uh, uh, outbreak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not very exciting. This is, the, this is the only movie ever to make a fuel air bomb boring. I'm just gonna exactly. say right now. Yeah. <laughs> you you guys managed to make a fuel air bomb boring, and by the way, they didn't make it boring in Jeremiah. Nope. Because there was that whole thing where the guys find all the fuel air bombs at the uh, yeah the uh, uh, it was a it was the, the daisy cutters. Yeah. Yes, um, that was a great. That episode was actually pretty goddamn good. Not the least of which because the bad guys. Well, you can't drop the daisy cutters. They got no planes, so they just put them in the back of trucks and drive them over next to the town that will obliterate. And yeah, because them off. Yeah, because as we were talking about, like in your the reference back, you're talking about uh, the stand about trying to find the nukes. They yeah. do that. They do that in Jeremiah, where the bad guy had took, like you said, took over the military base, had all these daisy cutter bombs, and you know was trying to control the area. And they're like, oh, you're not going to do nothing. Okay. Boom. Shuts off the daisy cutter, blows up the town to set an example. You know, and he yeah. has more. He has, like, there's hundreds of them there. So he's basically all powerful as long as he can get the bombs to you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so 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 we got uh, Jeremiah. We've got, we covered that. You were going on with Outbreak. Boring, boring, boring. Boring, boring. We don't even need to talk about it. Not less, very interesting. Uh, less Less boring is the um, the Sonnenberg film. Uh, outbreak. Out, not out. Well, the outbreak was the was the Dustin Hoffman film. No, not outbreak. Uh, contagion. 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 Contagion is much, much, much better film. It's much better. It's not bad. It's still kind of. I mean, it, it was interesting from the fact that how they do the whole tracing of how it spread, which is kind of like that, well, you know, they kind of do that in Plague, you know, M3, M- M- the Gemini strain, yeah. they do they do that in, in that 79 film, like showing how it got out, where it's going, how it continues to spread. So they kind of did that in that film, and they also do this in Contagion to show, they do it kind of in a backwards way because they're trying to find out where it started from, but it was interesting to see the path, how did it spread, how does it get around, um, you know, how all their plans to keep control kind of fail, and I did like seeing, they did get into a little bit of, you know, a little bit of an aftermath, you know, kind of situation where there's less people, people are just trying to survive, they're still getting yeah, hands what, out, the chaos that's yeah. ensued, you know, people, the guy's like living in fear in his house because he keeps on hearing his neighbor's house is being broken into and gunshots and people getting killed. So it, do, it does get into that a little bit, which was, it was kind of nice to see that kind of as it's going down, which you know how I always love, I like to see the breakdown. I want to see how do we get from pre-event to post-event. I do like yeah. seeing how it went down. <clears throat> and um, I, the, one of the parts I always like in those movies uh, that, that cover that is that um, the, the sort of horror story of crisis management, uh, yeah. which, they, which they did very well in the original Crazies. The yeah. remake of the Crazies, you never leave the main character, so you never see the guys in an office somewhere making decisions, getting more drunk, perhaps, as the situation unravels, well, like, yeah, they, um, like they, they, they do in, in The Stand. In the, well, they, they, the, only, the only thing you really see uh, in the Crazy Remake is you kind of see that occasionally you see some government people in, in, in black, you know, black you know, vans and helicopters, and occasionally that uh, eye-in-the-sky, electronic eye, satellite view. That's about it. 
I, I got to point out that one of the scariest moments, though, the really the really freaky moment for me in uh, the, the remake of the of of Crazies, was where after they like first reported the problem somehow up the chain of command, the sheriff had, and he hadn't heard anything back, goes to bed that night, gets up the next morning, and hmm, the cell phones aren't working. All the cell phone towers down, huh? All the all the phone lines are down. He goes out in the main street, and every fucking car in Main got a, Street got a boot on it. Has a boot on it. I'm just like. Oh, that's not good. The government is... We're helping. We're here to help. Well, they are helping. They're helping themselves. Everybody else, you know, you've just fallen onto the, you know, acceptable losses side of the spreadsheet. Um, So, yeah, yeah, that that, that moment was really good. Yeah, and that has some good scenes with the whole they're trying to round the people up and how that all fails and... There's yeah. a lot of good tense scenes with, like, you know, with the people in, in the hospital and, and the guy with the pitchfork. You know, there, there's some good stuff in that film. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff in that film. But in Outbreak, and again, uh, back to Contagion, just real quick. Like I said it's good to see that. But it got a little, like, they got a little bit too much into the whole, you know, conspiracy, you know, conspiracy theory stuff with the, the journalist and all that kind of BS. Got a, that was a well, little boring. I, I liked that the I liked that the conspiracy theory turned out to be bullshit. That there was this whole thing where our, our, our journalist is selling this conspiracy theory, you know, uh, to the public and it has absolutely nothing to do with what's actually happening. But people are reacting to it, you know, and panicking and making the situation worse. Yeah, it was just, it was just some bad pork from China. That was about you know, that was about it, you know. Yeah, somebody so, uh, somebody some some bats pooped on some pigs, exactly. and then everybody dies. Everybody dies, and there is another viral uh, one more thing. There is a viral book called uh, Earth Abides. Yes. That uh, I've. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm a bad person. I don't, I don't read like I used to. So I've only gotten partially into the book. But it, that book was written, I believe, in like the 1950s, I want to say. It's kind yeah. of old. So, again, it's interesting to read these books from these perspectives of before modern technology. But it's kind of like a bug thing. You know, it's a bug thing. The guy's isolated, gets the disease, and then he starts traveling around the country, just kind of, you know, documenting documenting things because I believe he was like an environmentalist or a scientist. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, that one, uh, that one I've never read either. Ever, I've read it a little bit, and I'm also, I also downloaded, I actually found a copy of it, is there is a novel, novelization of the Survivor series that, that was written. Oh. The original, right. Ter- the original Terry Nation one. So, uh, I actually, uh, found an, an e-version of that, because that's, you know, that's the only way you can really get it now, it's, uh, so if somebody did that, so... That's out there too. So I, I've downloaded that. I haven't started reading that yet. It's just curious to see how it compares to the, you know, the TV series and how they condense that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. There's there is one there's one other film I'm I'm just trying to look up. Ah, Warning Sign. There you go. Warning Sign was another was was uh, a movie about bio warfare and it's uh, it the, rings a bell. The, uh, the 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 apocalypse only happens inside the facility. Uh, it's got like Sam Waterston in it, uh, the town sheriff, uh, uh, Kathleen Quinlan uh, is, uh, is you know, the guy who's, um, she, she's the, the girlfriend who's trapped inside the facility. Um, Yapet Koto plays the, you know, military guy who's brought in to contain the facility. And I would like to point out that uh, it's one of the first movies I saw Jeffrey DeMunn in. Now, uh, Jeffrey Dumont's a, a really good character actor who turned up 
in, uh, you know, uh, 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 The Walking Dead. Remember? Um, he's the older, the, uh, he's not Glenn. I'm forgetting the other character he played in, uh, in The Walking Dead. Um, Dale? Was, he's, he, was he Dale? Dale? Is he the older yeah. guy? Yeah, he's Dale. He's Dale. You're absolutely right. He's Dale. So uh, it was the first time we ever saw Jeffrey DeMunnan and thought, wow, this guy's really fucking good playing the alcoholic scientist who used to work at the facility but was like, fuck it, I can't make this shit anymore. It's all, you know, so horrible. And Sam Watson has to go get him and help him break into the facility to rescue his wife. And it's it's not bad, but what's, what's interesting about it to me was the bug. The bug is the rage virus. The bug is the bug from the crazies again, basically. Hmm. Uh uh, people seem to love when it's time for a viral apocalypse. It's not enough to just get sick and fall over dead. You have to get violently, murderously crazy before you fall over dead. Oh yeah, because um, you're not just battling dying from the disease. You gotta you gotta fight off the people who have the disease. So it just it just it ups the ante a lot. Yes. Um, and one thing I would like to point out is there was a uh, book uh, I remember uh, called Among Madmen, and it was actually. Uh, uh, part, it was it was a, it was kind of a, a novel, and it had some really interesting uh, uh, illustrations inside it. I may have a copyright here, but it was had some really uh, interesting illustrations inside it, uh, like it had possibly been pitched as a um, as a comic book, and then somehow failed, uh, didn't, didn't didn't take off. Um, and uh, it's another one where there's a viral apocalypse, but the virus is something that makes people into murderous psychopaths uh, who course. run around. Yeah, because that's what diseases do. Yeah, they do. You know, speaking, but... speaking of comic books, we should probably name drop uh, Crossed, um, which is a uh, which is a a viral apocalypse that produces a rage zombie like problem. And uh, uh, that's been going on for a while. There's uh, maybe three years. Crossed has crossed has been out. C R O S S E D. I I've, and, heard, um, I've heard of it, but I never read it. Yeah. And then there's Why the Last Man, um, which you may or may not be familiar with, which is a uh, this bug apocalypse killed everybody with a Y chromosome. Yeah, I, I started reading that a while ago, and I just uh, I just. I couldn't read it after a while. It got too, it got just I don't know. It just it just didn't it didn't rope me in. And then the gra this the artwork was just terrible. I just couldn't. Yeah, I I haven't read it either. Uh, friends of mine have read Crossed. Been very very happy with Crossed. Uh, I never I never got into uh, Why the Last Man, but I just throw it out there because it is viral. Apocalypse. It is it is viral, of course. We should. I think we're winding it up. I don't think we. I mean, yeah, we've mentioned the stand. You know. Yeah. Well, we 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 could do a whole show on that. Yeah. There's again, there's so many things that we get that eventually we'll delve deeper into, and some things we've already delved deep into. Like we delved deep into survivors a while ago. So mm -hmm. everything's gonna cross each other over. But we wanted to again, we want to do more of a theme this time, a little more like talk about viral apocalypses. <laughs> Because again, we've had people request that, so it's uh, kind of you know interesting. And we may, we'll probably do other ones, other shows like this. You know, whether it be, you know, uh, you know, a nuclear apocalypse or supernatural apocalypses, or as me and Scott talked offline about monster apocalypses. We're still digging I, deep. We're still I digging into that. I thought of another one. I thought of another monster apocalypse. The mist. You're, the yeah, mist yes. is a monster apocalypse. Yes, it the is. The apocalypse is monsters. Yep. Not you know so that, that's that's the one I forgot about completely. So did I. Fantastic, fantastic film. Love that film. Yeah. Very yeah. very happy ending. Love that film. But <laughs> upbeat. 
upbeat and cheerful. It is. It's 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 a it's a feel good holiday movie. Absolutely. <laughs> for all for all the family. That it you is just it shot is. in the face. Well, well, uh, I my my tradition, my 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 Christmas Eve tradition has become watching the road. So there you go. <laughs> that's another. That's another family affair. Oh my yeah. God. Well, just just in brief, so we don't. Uh, we uh, that came out uh, a couple years ago during the holiday season in like November. Wasn't received very well because the holiday season is supposed to be happy, and it's not yeah. a very happy movie. Uh, then. It got. It was a limited release, and then it came out a little w wider release, but it was still very limited. Now I went to see it a second time because it, it got to an art house theater that was closer to my house, and I wanted to see it again. But the last time it was playing was was Christmas Eve uh, of that year. So I said, "Well, I got nothing going on Christmas Eve. Let me go watch The Road again on Christmas Eve." So ever since then, for the last like three years, watching The Road has become my Christmas Eve uh, tradition. Tradition. So, there you go. There you go. All right, well, let's wrap this up um, uh, for today. And actually, if we can get one in under, what, two hours? Under an hour. But, uh, okay, uh, next two weeks from now, folks, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing yet. Me and Scott will talk offline about what we want to do. Maybe we'll do Maybe we'll do Monster Apocalypse. If we can find some more stuff, uh, maybe we'll do that. And then uh, that's it. I don't know. I don't... Uh, I don't really got much else for anybody. Uh, I don't have any many last words this week because again, I'm no, again, no, I'm doing, I'm doing the uh, like I said, you know, the move apocalypse going on. So I got after we're done with this, I got to do more more packing. So uh, I, I would like to point out that uh, something that's trying to suck me in right now is uh, an old, well-worn apocalypse, and that's a Fallout New Vegas, because I discovered that uh, you know just by poking around online, I discovered that like Fallout One and Two, Fallout New Vegas. Uh, as again, opposed to Fallout 3 that didn't have this, Fallout New Vegas actually has a whole lot of ways that it changes the game if you take a really stupid character. If you take a character uh. with an intelligence of less than 3, you know, uh, your character is reduced to caveman-like grunts and getting everything wrong. Uh, constantly saying the wrong thing, constantly, uh, you know, uh, saying, you know, things like, you know... Uh, Instead of saying my my interest is scientific, it says me am scientific and me want cookie. I mean that's you're, you're, wow, you're, really? Does it really yes, do that? Yes, yes. There's a lot of encounters like some some guy says, "Oh, son, you can't go down there. It's filled with legion snakes. Oh, snakes small. You should smash snakes." No, son, that you're special, aren't you? Yes, me special. Um, wow. So it's uh, so, you're, so basically it's Mongo. Yeah, you become Mongo. You just become this this total dullard. And uh, over and over again, there are options for you to you know be incredibly dumb uh, and say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing. And one like like in Old World Blues, there's that bit where your brain, your heart, and your spine have been removed, and part of the game is trying to find your brain and put it back in your body. Well, when you find your brain, your brain is actually talking to you, and you know your retard's response is, uh, "Me brain can talk." Can heart and spine talk too? And I'm like, oh god, that's <laughs> that's what I that's what I want. So I'm I'm sorely tempted to play the game playing playing uh, Mongo meets the wasteland. Uh, I may I may have to break that out again <laughs> just just for that experience. So all right, they so they didn't do it in three, but they definitely had that as a as a very wide option uh, in, in Fallout one and two. And just think, Jared, an adult, an adult with a job and a paycheck. 
had to write all the retard dialogue, all the special retard dialogue that only shows up when you're really retarded. That's um, it. Should you know a normal person would say that's wrong, but uh, no, I don't know. That's the way it's kind of cool. <laughs> But uh, so, all right, so my final words to everybody, as usual, is, as always, please be, uh, you know, so, uh, social media responsible. If you like the show, if you're following the show, remember to like it on Facebook if you haven't. Follow us on Twitter. You know, tell your friends, get them to watch, like like things, like the, like the, the, the broadcasts. When you watch it on YouTube, you can always go back to it and watch it later. And, as again, as I promised, I am working on the audio part. It's just that, again, I've had... Excuses, excuses, excuses. I got a lot of other bullshit going on, but once the bullshit's over, I'm gonna start you're, working on that. So you're you're migrating. You've got to stay mobile enough to scavenge, ruthless enough to pillage. You know, uh, to get that gasoline or you know whatever it is you're looking for in your apocalypse. Well, that besides, I got a uh, I'm being watched anyway. So uh, <laughs> always, <laughs> always being watched. There's monkeys all over this house. That's all I got to say. Okay, so they're they're always watching. <laughs> all right, we're out of here. All right, Ryder, folks. Again, thank you for watching. We appreciate it, and uh, we will see you all in uh, two two weeks. Night, two weeks. Uh, but when we'll be back on our normal Monday. Again, we just had a little bit of uh, you know conflicts to to do Monday this week, but we did Tuesday. We'll be back on Monday. The whatever that date is, I don't know. But two weeks, two weeks from Monday, we'll be on nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So, uh, friends of the apocalypse, we bid you good night. Good night, folks.